Odon Hashi died at a Saskatoon nightclub on November 5th. While Hodon Hashi's family continues to grieve the loss of their loved one, Paige Thoreau Fisher, the murderer, gets to spend the holidays with her family. Is this really Canadian justice? Hoden's family has officially come out and asked for media and those covering the case to stop using Hoden's picture, and so from this point forward, I will no longer be using any pictures of her. How exactly Paige attacked Hoden, causing her death is not confirmed, and it's somewhat unclear, but to me, it really is irrelevant and it doesn't quite matter because the intention was clear. She was not fighting to defend herself. She initiated the fight. She had the upper hand the entire time and she intended to kill Hoden in that bar. She did just that, and so far she's gotten off with a simple slap on the wrist. On November 18th, 19th, and 20th, a series of vigils were held across the country in honor of Hoden. There were hundreds of folks who gathered in Ottawa, Regina, Saskatoon, Edmonton, and Toronto. Everyone who was present at these vigils held up signs advocating for justice for Hoden. Hoden's family, friends, and the community stood in the cold weather to chant, demand justice, and show support for the Hashi family. Hoden's family was in fact present at the protest that happened in her hometown of Ottawa, and her older sister Shukri was there engaging with those who came out and hugging many of Hoden's friends who also came out to show their support. She spoke at the vigil and she said that Hoden was just goofy. She was always smiling, she was always happy, she was always kind, and she was always giving. She said that anyone Hoden met, she just instantly became friends with. She just had that type of energy. She was the most kind-hearted and trusting of everyone. She said her sister just wasn't as critical of the world as the rest of us. She had so much joy, so much hope, and so much optimism. She was the one who got along with everyone, and she recalls never really seeing her upset. If there was a petty argument between siblings, she was the mediator. The family is just absolutely devastated by this loss. She said that they are just taking things day by day, trying to lean on each other and keep memories of Hoden alive, and use that as fuel to fight for justice for her. She recalls that the day she found out her sister died was a tough morning. She found out through varying sources, through the Saskatoon police, and unfortunately the widely circulated videos showing the moments leading up to Hoden's death and the moments that she actually died. She said that the fight should have been shut down as soon as it happened. She said it's mind-boggling how the club is still operating. The people in charge did not ensure the safety of its patrons. And it's unfortunate and we want justice and we're trying to do everything that we can possibly do. And to be very honest, I'm very concerned. And as a community, we're collectively concerned of the normalization of perpetuation of violence against Black Muslim women. Khadija El-Halali organized the Ottawa vigil. And she said she felt the need to do so because... It was necessary to grieve for Hoden, but also to raise awareness about the layers of issues that surround her death. She said, this is a community issue. It is a society issue, especially given the amount of Somali women who have either been harassed, abused, or just treated badly in the prairies specifically. She was appalled when she heard that Paige was released on a $5,000 bail. She cited that this is a quarter of what it costs to bring Hoden's body back home to Ottawa. She said that Paige was home before Hoden. Hoden wasn't even laid to rest, and yet Paige was out on bail, and that shouldn't sit right with anyone. Hoden had no one to protect her, whereas Paige has her complexion. In Saskatoon, Ali spoke on behalf of organizers, and he said that the family is still reeling from the events. He made it a point to talk about how Hoden wanted to work in early childhood education, particularly working with children who had learning disabilities. He said that this was a very important aspect to how she saw life and how she was determined to make life inclusive. She was also described as a very kind and friendly person. 
He said that Hoden's death has deeply affected the Somali-Canadian community. As someone from the Somali Black Muslim community, he said that we live in a time where Black lives and Muslim lives are not honored the way that they should be honored. And we feel that as a community, we want to be able to live our lives in a safe and an inclusive way. The family and the community did not receive the space they needed to grieve due to the way that Hoden's death happened and the video that was circulating online and is still circulating online. Delilah with Black Lives Matter YXE said that two years ago, after the murder of George Floyd, people gathered in Saskatoon to call for justice. It's been two years of listening and learning, but that's not enough. She said, we can't say Black Lives Matter. That's the minimum. We have to act like Black Lives Matter. We have to act like Black women are deserving of protection and life. We have to act like each other in our community are deserving of respect and justice. Words are not enough. Promises are not enough. Accountability and action are how we move forward from these things. In mid-December of 2022, the Hashi family launched a petition of their own to help them in their fight for justice. They have addressed it to a variety of powerful Canadian folks, such as the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Lori Carr, the minister responsible for Saskatchewan Liquor and Gaming, Charlie Clark, the mayor of Saskatoon, amongst many others. The petition reads, We are the parents and the siblings of Hodenhashi. We've launched this petition to express our outrage and sadness at the attack which led to the death of our beloved daughter, sister, aunt, and cousin. They are demanding swift and fair justice for Hodenhashi. They go over the events of what happened that night, how nobody stepped in to intervene, de-escalate the situation, or call for help the moment the fight started. They say that the circulating videos of her death and the moments leading up to it has traumatized and scarred the Hashi family and the community at large. They call out the Saskatoon Police Service for their evident racism and express their disappointment in the decision to downgrade Paige's charges from second-degree murder to manslaughter. They cite the Saskatoon Starlight Tours in which Indigenous men and women were and still are kidnapped by police officers in the winter. They are stripped of their clothes. They are beaten. They are driven to the outskirts of town. And they are forced to find their way back into town or freeze to death on the way. They also cite the acquittal of Gerard Stanley and the murder of Colton Bushy, which we discussed in the first video. They also talk about carding, racial profiling, amongst many, many other instances that have destroyed trust between Black and Indigenous communities and the Saskatoon police specifically. They said they believe it is essential to highlight the institutions that swiftly downgraded the charges and released a white woman on bail after publicly and viciously killing Hoden, a Black Somali Muslim woman. They say that the police have a history of repeatedly harming and violently abusing Black and Indigenous community members for decades. And it has literally gone on since the conception of so-called Canada. The swiftness of Paige's release, paired with the delayed communication with the Hashi family, has triggered great concern, trauma, and distrust, which they feel foreshadows the upcoming proceedings and outcome of this case. They also note that Crown Prosecutor Franklin Impey has been previously accused of racial bias in which he mocked claims of racism and he gave an Indigenous man an unprecedented sentence of seven years for a crime which didn't result in anyone's death. 
They say that despite video evidence, which has been viewed online, clearly showing the intention of Paige's attack, the decision to downgrade her charges and release her into the public was finalized prior to any consultation or input from the Hashi family. They are demanding that all levels of the legal system uphold the integrity of the law, transparency of the process, and accountability towards the very citizens who they are supposed to be serving. They say that as they are learning the details surrounding the incident and the response that ensued, they have the following demands that they want met by December 21st, 2022. They want all legal parties involved to identify and outline a clear and transparent communication plan to the Hashi family that is implemented for the investigation process and the trial proceedings. They demand that the accused's history, affiliations, and allegiances are thoroughly investigated and considered as evidence in, in legal matters. They do not want media personnel, advocacy organizations, and all looking to cover the story to use any of Hoden's photos. They demand that any and all videos of Hoden's last moments be permanently deleted from devices and removed from all social media platforms. Going on to elaborate and say that violence against Black, Somali, Muslim women is not entertainment to share, debate, or capitalize on. They have currently made an Instagram page, Justice for Hoden Hashi, and a Twitter page, Justice for Hoden, and these are the only two official pages that they have. They are not affiliated with any other accounts that may be out there on any other social media platforms. Only these two are associated with the family directly. They closed the petition by saying that they were aiming to achieve 15,000 signatures by December 15th. And they ended off by saying, sincerely, with love, rage, and solidarity with everyone facing injustice, the parents and siblings of Hoden Hashi. You can find a link to that petition in the description below. Please make sure to sign it, to share it, and to follow the family on their social media pages to continue to support them. So as I mentioned before in the previous video and in this video, that page was released on a $5,000 bail and these terms were actually supported by Franklin Impey, who is the prosecuting attorney, the crown attorney, who is supposed to be holding Paige accountable and fighting on the behalf of the Hashi family, not on his own biases, as we currently see he is. Paige returned to court on Thursday, December 15th, 2022. Her and her attorney appeared by telephone, and they requested for the case to be adjourned until January. The attorney said that she needed a time to review disclosure from the crown attorneys, and the presiding judge agreed. Paige will be back in court on, on January 19th, where she will enter her plea of guilty or not guilty. So, not only did Paige get to go home before Hoden's body got back to Ottawa, but she is now getting to be out and about, enjoy her holiday season, her New Year's, and everything else with family and friends after murdering a Black Muslim woman. This, to me, shows the Canadian justice system in a nutshell. If things were reversed, Hoden would not have been allowed out on bail, let alone out to spend the holidays peacefully and cheerfully with her family. Now, this is just a message to Paige's family and friends who insist on leaving hateful or derogatory messages online on other people's videos who are talking about Hoden and trying to help the family get the justice they deserve. Your mom's a home. You are sick and disgusting people. Paige took Hoden's life. And racism is the only reason that Paige is now out and gets to spend the holidays with you when she permanently robbed Hoden's family 
of that. The same privilege that Paige and you all are experiencing in real time is the same privilege that you are using and putting on display when you have the caucasity to defend a murderer who you get to see and spend quality time with when Hoden's family will never experience that again. What's not clicking? All your hateful messages do is expose the true villains and the true evil that resides inside of you. On November 14th, 2022, a petition was launched to shut down the Crazy Cactus nightclub. And as of December 20th, 2022, the petition has almost 8,000 signatures. CYFJ Holding owns Crazy Cactus and Lit Nightclub. They sent out a written statement in response to the petition, which says, We appreciate that this is a highly emotional situation and we do not fault people for attempting to affect change. They say we will continue to offer patrons the service and the safety they expect and deserve. They said that the club has industry-leading measures to protect patrons and they were in place that night. Well, just as I thought, trash. They said that they have shared their safety protocols with police and they will continue to cooperate with the investigation. But basically all of this is just a lie. They do not really care about patron safety. Otherwise, Hoden's death would have never happened. And there were previous incidences which show that they do not care about patron safety. They just care about getting the money in their pockets. In April of 2018, a 21-year-old man was stabbed inside of the bar. Hoden was not the first to be brutally attacked. And if this place does not get shut down soon, then she will unfortunately not be the last. In March of 2020, there was a shooting that happened in a nearby bar. The staff of that bar did not do anything to stop the shooter, they did not intervene, and they didn't even find the weapon on the man before he entered. When this incident happened, the Crazy Cactus owners publicly said that they would not alter their security measures in any way, despite none of their staff being aware of what to do if this same situation broke out in their bar at some point. It's very clear that security was not aware of what to do in this type of situation, and they did not handle it properly as the minute the fight broke out, if everyone could tell that a fight was happening, phones are being pulled out, they needed to intervene, they needed to do something. It's also clear that they are not properly trained in what to do, as when one of their staff called 911, no one said anything about where her injuries were located. No one made it clear that the injuries were life-threatening. No one said what happened, which could have posed a problem for first responders. You can find the link to that petition as well in the description below, but I would say this one is of lower priority than the Hashi family's petition directly. I will continue to post and share updates about the case, but please, please, please make sure to sign and share the Hashi petition and follow them on their social media platforms. They needed all the support that they initially got, and that has to continue. It can't just die out now. And they deserve this support as well. What happened to Hoden is absolutely terrible. And the way that authorities are giving Paige such leniency and grace after murdering someone is equally as horrible, but unfortunately, completely predictable.